Welcome everyone to the Dining Room Table Podcast, a conversation that addresses taboos of the, of the Black community. We emphasize vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity to change the narrative and the stigma of self-expression in our community. I'm your host, Keandria, and today I'm sitting down with a very special guest, and her name is Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hey. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Okay, I'm really happy to hear that. How is the weather where you are right now? It was cool this morning, but it's starting to get hot again. So I'm in Houston, so the weather is sporadic. Okay, okay, okay. Same same here for Kansas City, Missouri, honey. It's really sunny, but it was a little chilly. Like, I think it was 42 degrees this morning. And I was like, wait a minute now, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, um, I am reminded that it's October. So it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's kind of time for cold weather, Keandria. Like, come on, girl. So, okay, cool. I just wanted to know to give the people a little bit of an insight on how it's feeling in Houston. Um, so yeah. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm super excited um, to have this conversation because I know that I will be learning just as much about you and about your work that we're going to talk about. Um, just like everybody else who's listening, because this conversation is literally organic as hell, y'all. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's super organic. So I guess first, before we really get started on telling y'all how we met, um, let's, I guess I'm gonna give you the floor, Rachel. I want you to tell everybody like, you know, who you are, I guess, like, your university, your hometown, all of those things, because I like for everyone to be able to connect to us. Okay, yeah, so I'm Rachel. I'm 26 years old. I live in Houston, Texas. I grew up um, in the suburbs of Houston on the north side, but I was actually born in San Antonio, but I only lived there until I was, like, four Mm -hmm. Um, so I went to elementary, middle school, high school, everything in Houston. Um, I went to undergrad at Prairie View A&M University, so HBCU grad, and for grad school, I went to Columbia University. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So let me just start off by saying that the first thing that I ever, like, knew about Prairie View was Beyonce like (laughs) when she talked about like always dreaming of wanting to go to that school and always wanting to be a part of the homecoming like because of Greek life and stuff like that I was like wait I ain't never heard of that school before let me look it up (laughs) wow wow it's crazy and so like now I want to go to that school because Beyonce said she wanted to <laughs> she wanted to go and what's even crazier is I don't know if you know this girl but I follow her on Instagram and her name is Harper and um she went there and she just like whenever she go to homecoming it just seemed like it just be so lit and I'm like dang I need to go there so now that I know you I'm gonna come to homecoming when homecoming Homecoming is the 29th, so that uh, week. Oh, <laughs> you going? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Wait that Saturday. Minute. Wait a minute now. Okay, y'all. If I be in Houston on uh, the 29th, y'all just, just, I don't know. 
just <laughs> pray. Cause <laughs> you gotta get there early because we're in the countryside of Waller County, Texas. So it's off 290, um, 290 West. And so you gotta get there early. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so, like, like, okay, hold on now. Wait a minute now. When you say that, do you mean like because it's not safe to be on that side of town, or like what you saying? No, it's safe. It's just packed. So, oh. it's like, once you get off of 290 to mm-hmm. get onto campus, because like everybody comes, and so that morning they'll have the parade for like the the older alum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have the game, the tailgating goes on all day. But people, like, camp out. So they get RVs, they get tents. So it's packed. It's a big deal. And then this is the first one back, um, I believe, since 2019. Don't quote me. I might be wrong. But I know this one is supposed to be big because the theme is, like, back in stride. And it's mm-hmm. going to be, like, it's going to be packed. So... Oh man, okay. The only, I think the only other HBCU homecoming that I've ever gone to, because as y'all know, I didn't go to an HBCU, I went to a PWI. So our homecoming experiences are completely different. My mm-hmm. first experience was um, Clark Atlanta, Georgia State, Spell House, uh, which is Spelman and Morehouse. That was my first experience. And so, like, it was crazy. And I love seeing all, like, just so many Black people. Like, it was so crazy. Yeah. We, we didn't have that at Mount Austin. Like, like, of course, there were Black people, but it was nothing like an HBCU, obviously. So, okay, cool. So, off that. But <laughs> I just wanted to say, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Um, so, moving along... Okay, y'all. So let me tell y'all how I actually like connected with Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, y'all know how on Instagram, like the memes are always memeing. And so recently, everybody is always talking about the hairstylists, these new age hairstylists of 2022. <laughs> and uh, I don't really know. Like, what happened, Rachel? Like, like, how did we really start talking? Was it you commented and then I commented to, back to you, right? Yeah, I think I had posted, like, a whole bunch of comments. Like, it was, like, uh, it was, like, say something that, talking about the new age hairstyles, and I was commenting, like, multiple comments back to back to back. And then I think you responded. It was, like, girl, yes. <laughs> or, like, you was, like, you saw all the comments. And then after that, we had followed each other and, um... We just started talking, like, organically through social media. Yeah, yeah. See, and so I said this before, but I want y'all to know that, like, all girls are not mean girls, especially black girls, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to be mean to each other because that's the whole point in social media, like, to just talk. Yeah. And y'all know me, hence why I'm even here having a podcast because I be talking. So... (laughs) (laughs) that's that so yeah I love it I love it so much like um yeah good stuff so moving forward after that we actually found out that we have a lot in common Mm -hmm. like Rachel is a black woman in tech and so am I so Rachel could you tell everybody kind of what you do in technology yeah so I started off with a um 
consulting firm which specializes in digital transformations and technology transformations. So I was a change management consultant for about a year. But I've always, I went to school for communications. I've always like did social impact work on a volunteer basis. And I started volunteering at my company with our diversity, equity and inclusion council. And so from there, I was staffed onto a project that I didn't really enjoy. Mm-mm. <laughs> and I started just going to company meetings. And I went to a CSR, which stands for Corporate Social Responsibility All Hands, at the top of the year. And I was just like, I love their energy. I love their team camaraderie. And so I was like, is John's department hiring? And then by July 15th, I transferred into the CSR department. So now I do internal communications for the Americas region, which is U.S., Canada, in North Latin America for our CSR department. Okay. We love that. So, <laughs> yeah, we love that. And y'all, we Rachel and I had like talked about our jobs as consultants. And now look at her. She is flourishing in her company in a new role. So how are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it a lot. It keeps me very busy. I can say that it keeps me very busy. Um, but I'm just glad to finally be in a dedicated communications role because it's it's been like a part of what I do and I've had some communications internships, but I haven't had a full-blown communications, strictly communications only role. And so it's good to be back in that space and flexing my my creative muscles more and just learning more about global impact and like your global footprint and stuff like that things that really matter to right me. and um just how we can just make the world better and make the employee experience better um and just really make a difference for people at in the workplace okay i like it so much it seems like you have a very clear understanding of what it is that you do one and then it also seems like you're being challenged there in this new role yes for sure very sure for sure i love it i love it so much so walking into why we're here or at least one of the reasons why we're here um to talk about your two books actually Sprinkle of Thaws, Volumes 1 and 2, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. (laughs) So I know that Sprinkle of Thoughts, first of all, let's first of all tell everybody what that is. Like what what is it? So Sprinkle of Thoughts is a compilation of poetry that I write over the years. Um I started writing poetry when I started high school actually because I was very shy growing up and I always was, my mom used to journal a lot. And so she used to tell me like, if I if I couldn't say things or if I didn't want to say things that I could always write about it. And she was big on teaching me how to read uh, like before I started school and just how to write and stuff. Of course, as all moms typically do. <laughs> but uh, it just like, it stuck with me um throughout the years and then I started to do it more when I got into high school okay okay cool so sprinkle of thoughts is a compilation of your poems or your poetry Mm -hmm. um from high school awesome so 
so okay you had these poems at home but when did you feel like okay I want to like make this a book so um when I finished grad school in 2019 I finished in September of 2019 I was unemployed because the pandemic hit. I had some job offers that had fell through and I struggled to find a job. I didn't land my first full-time job until February 2021. So about 18 months after I had graduated grad school. And I was honestly just very desperate for work, trying to prove myself as a communications professional building my portfolio and so I just started to collect everything that I had done from a communications perspective marketing perspective um, whether it was like on tumblr or wix like you know people had their own wix like websites and stuff or Mm -hmm. classwork anything like that and then I came across all my poetry and I was like talking to my friend and we was joking, you know, I was like, girl, I'm going to write a book. And then I was like, wait, I'm going to write a book. Like, I can, <laughs> I can actually do it. And so um, a friend of mine had published a book, two books, actually, when he had finished undergrad. And so he kind of told me, like, what he did. And then I did some more research about it. And it was fairly easy. And so 2020 was when I released the first one, August 2020. And then I just released the second one, um, September 2022. Okay. First of all, let me say that I already know the feelings that you were having going 18 months without work after grad school, right? So let's kind of back up into that because... You know how, you know, everyone says you go to college and then you get a great job. However, for you, you went to college twice Mm -hmm. and was still kind of out of work. Like, can you kind of speak more to those feelings during that time to kind of give us a, I guess, a better picture or indication of, you know, where you were? Yeah, so I graduated undergrad 2018 and going to grad school was like, I always said that if I went to grad school, I wanted to get it paid for, but it was like not any, even in my mind. I just happened to stop by my dean's office one day, you know, just to say hi and stuff like that. And she was like, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I was like, I don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was I was doing event planning and like working part time. But I was like, I really don't know. Like, I don't have a full-time offer. And so she was like, I'm going to recommend you for this this scholarship program. It's called the HBCU Fellowship at Columbia. And so I was like, okay, like, I'll do it. I'm going to see. Like, I, I didn't think I was going to get accepted. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay. So <clears throat> that was, like, the fall semester of my senior year. Um, I took my GRE and, like, three weeks didn't even study for it and then oh, I wow. did did the application <laughs> like yes girl very very on a whim and I don't even think like I told my parents I just I just asked them like could they help me pay for this test like I want to take this test and um went through the whole application process all that and mind you so for a prayer view like we finished school May 12th 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I got accepted until April 20th of 2018. So, like, the whole second semester, I still don't know what I'm doing when I leave school. And I'm just like, okay, like, I'm going to just figure it out. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I got accepted. Okay, so I'm going to grad school. So I was like, I'm going to really be more proactive, you know, about getting internships and graduating with a secured offer. <clears throat> so I went through grad school. Um, I was doing everything on my grind, has, like I had always been, but then mm-hmm. um, I ended up getting this offer from a guy that I used to volunteer with. <laughs> and I moved back home September 2019, and then that offer just completely fell through, like, wasn't on the table no more then the pandemic hit okay so hold on so let me stop you right there just to make sure that i that i'm following so you didn't okay so you weren't sure what you were gonna do then you got accepted like a month before graduation mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're like okay cool yeah then after getting accepted you got a job offer so does that mean you were kind of in limbo about grad school or what Oh, no. So I had got accepted to grad school. So I went through the whole grad school process, the three semesters. And then the following year, 2019 of September, that was when I had got my job offer. So I went grad school and I was like, okay, I did it right. Like I got a job offer this time and I was Mm -hmm. ready to start. And then that whole job offer just fell through. Um, And then, you know, the pandemic hit in 2020. So, during the time until I got my first full-time job, which is in uh, February 2021, I was just doing anything that I could do. I was doing, I was taking interviews left and right and just getting told that I was either too qualified or underqualified. And so, I honestly just started doing Uber Eats. And pandemic was hot. People weren't leaving, but people were ordering food. So I did Uber Eats like four days a week. Still wasn't enough money. Um, I started to work part-time at Home Goods, which turned into six days a week. And then I was doing um, the census. <laughs> so I was going door to door. What? He... And I did that for like a month and I was just like, I can't do this. Like they were sending me to trailer parks. No oh, man. Trailer parks, no shade to it. But I just felt unsafe. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this. Like people got dogs in the street. Like, no, I can't do this. And then I started working also part-time at um Bath and Body Works because I had done like throughout undergrad. So I had like four part-time jobs and was just working around the clock. And then I finally got an offer in February 2021 <laughs> and the freeze hit in Houston. So I don't know if y'all know about that crazy like snowstorm Houston got in 2021. Uh, that I, I think I remember it was like really random. I think it was really random. Yeah, it was. It was very yeah. random. Okay, I think, yeah. So did that, so did the freeze have any effect on your new job it just delayed me until we were able to get like power and stuff back and so I had started that job um and I was doing project management and it just wasn't 
my cup of tea <laughs> and then that's what ultimately led me to the company that I'm at today so it was a crazy journey okay. I take all that to say nonetheless it was a crazy journey okay a wild ride a wild yeah. ride but something beautiful definitely came out of it I'm pretty sure you know I know people hate this word but resilience mm-hmm. and just like belief in yourself and then not mm-hmm. only that two amazing bodies of work mm-hmm. um that you're just kind of sharing like sharing a, a piece of you yep. so how did that feel like releasing the very first one how did that feel it felt very good because a lot of people knew that I was struggling and like what I was going through and looking for jobs and stuff and so a lot I got a lot of praise and support from it that I wasn't really expecting and I was very nervous but one of my friends, she was like, you know, you always thrive in spite of. And I was just like, wow. Like, because I was going through all that stuff that I just talked about and was able to create, you know, this beautiful body of work, combining things that I was writing about that year. And then since I had been 14 years old and just creating something for people to relate to and share with others. Yeah. Yeah. I love that and I love even how like our minds and just let me just let's call it what it is like black women I'll say black people but I'm a woman so black women we always know how to figure it out and make it work like regardless you know you saying that you're working um you're working or you were working you know three jobs at one time Mm -hmm. and me personally like right now I have a full-time job and I'm working a part-time job Mm -hmm. I was working another part-time job but I stopped um so that was three jobs at one time as well while having a full-time job because like the math just not mapping (laughs) like it it just don't be mapping and you feel like well you know I don't want to be homeless. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to do what I got to do. And the world just doesn't make it easy for you. Mm -mm. Like, you got to get it. So, um, I'm with your friend, actually. Like, being able to thrive and still build something. uh, And you don't even know where it may go, you know? Or maybe you do. Maybe you'll share that in a second. I don't know. (laughs) But, (laughs) so, um... Do you have like anything or anyone that inspired you in the writings that maybe you were writing at the time of you going through everything? Um, I get inspiration from a lot of different things. So like when people just share stories with me organically, um, sometimes I can internalize things and I'll just like debrief by writing about that situation or if I'm going through something um I'll write about that situation or if I I hear a story that impacts me and then I try to think well like what like what would I have done in that situation how would I have felt about it in that situation so that that I get inspired just by things that I experience in everyday life and conversations and people that I meet um along the way during, okay. For the first one, because um, a large majority of them were written when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. it's definitely like people that I knew in high school um, and met throughout college. Okay. So what about, so like how has your, or how did your writing change? Well, okay. How did your writing change from the first volume to the second volume? Like, because I know now you're in a different space in your life. You're older, more mature. 
Mm-hmm. So for volume one, um, those were like written from the time I was 14 to 24. And for volume two, those have all been written in the past two years, so 24 to 26. Um, so something about me um, <laughs> growing up, you know, I already said I was shy, I was insecure. Um, so a lot of things that I wanted to say or probably like boys that I liked or something like that, you know, just stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really get to express the way I wanted to, so I wrote about him. And I was actually, um, I grew up in the suburbs. My family is like from the suburbs in the country. And so just having those experience coming up and um, those really shaped the first one. And then for the second one, I would say, you know, of course, going through the pandemic, um, having my grad school experience, being able to live in New York for my grad school experience and a big shift that happened from the first one to the second one, of course, is coming into my career. And um, when I, I was abstinent for a long time. Hmm. I had made a vow in middle school to stay abstinent and that didn't go into fruition but I ended up I didn't um break my absentee until last year like last November um and so that was a big life change (laughs) and (laughs) it kind of shaped some of the writings and experiences that I've had since since last year um so those are the biggest things that I can pinpoint okay Okay. And I mean, honestly, like, I can definitely see how, let's just be real, sex can change <laughs> shit. Sex yes. change a lot of shit, okay? Let's just mm-hmm. be honest, all right? Because um, I'm, ne- I'm not necessarily abstinent, mm-hmm. but I don't have a lot of sex because I don't do that. It's too much going around. It's too many people out yeah. here doing any and everything. And I don't know what your, like, specific, you know, reasoning was, but you know, just sharing my my feelings, it's just kind of like, ooh, you know, I just can't be out here with everybody. Mm-hmm. So, but I do know that when you do have the right kind of sex, you be a little, you change. <laughs> you <Yeah>. change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shakes things up a bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so are you in a relationship right now? Not, no, not anymore. Okay. I'm single right now. I'm not having sex right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, fellas, uh, she's single. Y'all can like, take her for coffee or something. Right. She said, no funny business. Um, <laughs> no funny business. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, volume one was like baby Rachel. Volume two is grown woman Rachel. Would you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ooh. I love it. Uh, Y'all better get y'all a copy. Um, so where can people like purchase both volumes at right now? So they're both on Amazon. I have them for both versions come in paperback and also Kindle version or ebook if you're into that. Um, I try to do hardcover, but I like to keep my poems. I like to do 34 poems at a time. That's the number that I've been setting to and sticking to Hmm. just when the publishing platform that I use you gotta publish you gotta write more to be able to do 
hardcover because the bind is thicker. Um, oh, it's just easier to do paperback version for the volume or the amount of poems that I put out at a time. Gotcha. Okay. You know, I learned something today. I never knew that. Like, <laughs> I don't think I ever realized, you know, shorter or smaller, you know, novels or books have to, are only, um, are only, um, what's the word? Not hard copy. Pa- paperback. Paperback. Boom. Wow. You do with <laughs> Keandria. What's up with that? And I don't know if that's a rule, but I know, like, that's the rule for the, I use Kindle Direct Publishing, so that's a a self a free um self publishing platform, and so it makes me do it paperback version or ebook version. Gotcha. Okay. So Amazon, Kindle, both are available. Both are really amazing. Um. So is okay. Is there anything in let's just say volume two? Is there anything that you wish that you hadn't shared? That I, ooh, that's a good question. That I hadn't shared in volume yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think okay. I think I chose I chose what I wanted to share, and by writing it out and putting it out even further, is just releasing it and releasing those emotions and those thoughts. So. Okay. I don't want him back. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, like, would you say that, like, when you publish, because I do, I say something, like, anytime I post an episode or I post anything to the dining room table page, I am nervous. And I'm, and I'm nervous, one, mm-hmm. um, because a little bit of imposter syndrome, yeah. let's just be honest, but also because you get really nervous about other people viewing your work and I so I totally understand like I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit because <laughs> it's like you know like whatever yes. you're putting out to the world is your baby and you don't want anybody to critique it or you don't mm-hmm. want anybody to say anything wrong because you might go off honestly you know <laughs> yeah. or be or be be like nervous so like on publishing day or like when you launch it on launch day what are the emotions like so for volume one it was just like it was different because no like one person knew that it was coming and she didn't even know when it was coming um so for the first time it was like I didn't know what to expect so I was just nervous I was like I hope you know at least one person buys it and I didn't know what to expect and then for volume two People have been asking me, and I'm, I have been playing around. I was like, oh, well, like, I don't even know when that's going to come out. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. And so <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt both nervous, but also kind of accomplished because it, it, it took me a longer time to write them, of course. Like, I mean, a longer time in terms of having to be intentional about it over Mm -hmm. the past two years like I couldn't just free flow as much as I wanted to because I wanted to get one out this year um so I was very nervous and I was also nervous because I got a lot of support from my family on the first one and then I was like I don't know if I want my family to buy the second one (laughs) because it's just a little more raw and unfiltered Uh uh-huh and I don't, they won't judge me. I don't think that they will judge me, but I might get some calls like, okay, Rachel, like, what, what you been doing? Like, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> but 
that's how I felt. I was like, ooh, I don't know if my auntie going to see it when I post it or like somebody mm-hmm. from church or something like that. So I was like, okay, I'm a little scared. But I was just, I felt accomplished overall, but nervous too. Good. As you should. Like, I saw a meme. It's a meme and meme. Get off Instagram, girl. Um, I saw a meme and it was talking about, it, it said like, I hate that I don't ever feel a sense of accomplishment. I always think mm. about what's next. Mm, yep. And so for you to say nervous, but also accomplished, that made my heart feel good because, you know, everybody is working towards being able to feel accomplished mm-hmm. and feel proud of themselves. Yeah. Um, me included, honestly. But I think, honestly, I done slowed down a bit. I am proud of everything because the way 2022 been kicking my ass, honey, yeah. I am proud of anything. I'm proud of getting up and making breakfast some days. Because yep, I feel that. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, this mental health and everything like that, just doing anything and I think that's why y'all because when um Rachel posted about volume two coming out you know she and I had just kind of connected this year Mm -hmm. and so I hadn't like really done a deep deep dive on her page (laughs) to like you know to just see who she was and um when I realized I said I text her like hey like tell me more what is this and when she told me y'all I was so excited and you know me like anytime you like bring up something good like really good news I'm excited and so I was so happy to like know that she was doing this like it oh, was just thank you. yeah it was so cool like you were awesome oh I got to on the show come <laughs> yes. on honey. thank you yes cause it's and like I, go ahead you go I was gonna just say I resonate with that because I actually started therapy for the first time um, this year, like love it in in the end of May, because I just felt very overwhelmed. This is the first time like I've lived on my own, and I just had a lot of things um, that were like happening back to back to back. Like ever since I finished grad school, and I felt like a lot of days I felt like I, I couldn't even breathe. And I was just like, okay, I don't know what, like, what, what's going on. And I just knew that I wasn't, I didn't feel like myself. Um, and I was like, I think I'm gonna get into therapy, and I did. And that's also something I think that has been a shift for me and has impacted um, just my development in life too. Yes, love it. Mental health matters, y'all. Mental health matters. Black mental health matters. And just to be clear, like, this is literally uh, the premise of the Dining Room Table podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to connect with people and tell their stories. And even going back to (laughs) when you said you weren't sure if you wanted your aunt or your, you know, church uh, family to hear volume two or to read volume two, right? Yeah. That's what we talk about. The taboo shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, church members and aunties and uncles still look at us like little babies and they don't realize like yes we're out here and we do have sex and we (laughs) have relationships and we do you know we do drink and that's what we choose to do like all of those things like we're human and we're living lives Mm -hmm. and so it's just like this platform is literally for that to be able to show one that we're doing it and then two just kind of like 
speak on the the triumphs and speak mm-hmm. on the also trouble. So yeah. in one breath, it's like I'm doing these things and I'm releasing, you know, some things. But in the other breath, I'm also going to therapy too. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things to try to help grow, you know, self. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So would you say that therapy has been a positive experience for you? It's definitely been a positive experience for me. And I think that the way that my therapist, um, her method of therapy Mm -hmm. really works for me because she'll give me lessons that I can do on my own um and then we like talk about them and it's like it feels like a like a partnership so like if I don't want to talk about something or if I'll be like okay Ken we've talked enough about work can I talk about like relationships or like I don't want to talk about work for the next two times I like I want to talk about health for my anxiety or something like that and so it's just it's very good and she gives me a lot of like good readings as well to go through um and I'm a big like psychology nerd so I love stuff like that um I love just learning about self and how to interact better with other people and show up for myself too because sometimes you can you can put put yourself on the back burner when you're trying to do everything and and be there for everyone you forget to be there for yourself so it's been amazing for me um I feel like I can pull things out my back pocket that we've talked about or lessons that we've gone through and just help me sometimes whether it's in a conversation with a friend or a conversation at work. And so it just helps me be more mindful and more more intentional, more present about what's going on and how how I can remove my emotions out the situation and think about the situation and how I wanna respond and act in it. Right, right. Ooh. I like that part. How I wanna like, removing your emotions. Cause I think for me, I am, well, first off, I'm a Scorpio, Mm -hmm. so a water sign, and I live in my emotions. Like, I am deeply rooted in emotion and feelings. So, I start a lot of things off by I feel, and I try, or I am actively working on not, and just actually saying what it is, and not what what the thing is making me feel like. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the thing first? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a major Gemini. If it makes Man. it, people don't care. People don't care. No, nope. people hate us. <laughs> Man, you know the thing about Gemini's is, I love you all until I don't. Oh, yeah. So it's like you're so amazing. You're so great. It's just all laughs and love, and then until it's not and then when it's not I'll be like oh I can see that I can see that (laughs) (laughs) my brother is a Scorpio though so I can I feel like I I understand what how you explained yourself I feel like I understand that very and it's interesting so you said your mother right my brother oh your brother okay okay okay. I was gonna say because if you were saying that it was your mother then I could see why she has you writing out and being so and trying to help you open up with your feelings so much Mm -hmm. because that's me like I want everybody to be comfortable I want everybody (laughs) to feel good like how are you is everything okay yeah that's all yeah 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 but also I just want to say because I know I said remove my emotions from the situation but 
I practice, my therapist helps me practice this thing called wise mind. And so it really allows you to still feel. So it's like you have your emotional mind on the left side. If you think of a Venn diagram and then you have your, the, your rational mind, like on the right side and then somewhere in the middle is your logical mind so it's a merging of the two so you still mm-hmm. get to you still get to be rational about a situation and you still get to have your emotions about a situation and then you get to reach that optimal point so it's like when I say removing I don't mean remove my emotions completely because you still you have to allow yourself to feel I I believe in that 100% like you can't just suppress your emotions because they're going to come out they're going to come out if you don't allow them to and process them. Child, speak. Y'all heard her. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all heard her. That's a big one. That's really good. Thank you for going back and clearing that up. I mean, I think I was on the same page with you with that, but also I'm glad that you cleared it up yeah. because, you know, people need to hear because they may not have been on the same page. So you walking around like, no, I don't feel nothing. Like, <laughs> no, like, that is, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care. And it's like, whoa, you do. I, I am yeah. sure you do. Yeah. You probably okay. care the most. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, I got two more things. Okay. Mm-hmm. First thing, um, you t- you encourage people to think out loud. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So Think Out Loud is kind of like my tagline for a Sprinkle of Thoughts. And it basically just means like be vulnerable, you know, share those those inner, you know, precious, sacred parts of yourself with others. Because when you do, and not just anybody, caveat again, not just anybody, but when you can feel, when you can allow yourself to be vulnerable, you can connect with people so much more and you can inspire and impact people so much more and you just build genuine and deeper connections with people and for a long time I struggled with being vulnerable and you know feeling like I was too emotional so I did suppress my emotions and I did hold a lot of things in And it got to a point where it was like, okay, like, I am an emotional being and I'm going to accept that and thrive in it. Like, I can, I can say how I feel. I can be respectful about it. I can bring things up in the moment. I can talk about things and I can just share myself with people. I can be authentic. I can be vulnerable. I can be genuine and I can just be 100% me. And that's all that I, that's all that anybody has to be. So that's what Think Out Loud is. It's just be yourself, you know, share yourself with others and allow people to share themselves with you too. Love it. Love it so, so, so much. Like you're literally at the perfect place to be able to just share your story. Like I said, you know, like just speak your piece. And Mm -hmm. something that I always like to say and be reminded of is that we are so much more connected than than we think Mm -hmm. you know like everyone has a story and many of our stories intertwine in some way whether it be just getting through the pandemic and how we all developed this like knowing anxiety like because Mm -hmm. before we may have all like experienced test anxiety or maybe you know the day before you see your crush like stuff like that (laughs) but (laughs) 
but like real life anxiety because during the pandemic they were telling us basically we were all gonna die and so we all walking around scared as hell you know uh-huh. um and then that developed and informed into other things and so um i love that you were able to just kind of encourage people and i hope that if you are listening um something today that rachel said could possibly encourage you mm-hmm. and so maybe you want to reach out to her like if you were one of her friends and maybe you didn't even know that she was on her journey of um mental health or just kind of trying to better herself maybe you reach out to her and you know y'all can have a conversation so i hope that this allows someone to be encouraged um and then to also um just i guess learn better ways to cope with those big emotions and to also know that it is okay to feel however it is that you feel. Mm-hmm. All of your feelings are valid. You are important. You are loved. And the world is better with you being here. Yes, exactly. So, very important stuff. Thank you. Did I cut you off? No, you did. I said exactly, exactly that. I was agreeing with you. Yeah. So last thing, okay, I'm sorry, two more things. Mm-hmm. But the very last thing is going to just be like funny. So okay. last thing, um, are there any like like mantras or mantras or words of like empowerment that you give yourself when you are like maybe feeling low or maybe even when you publish your two works? Um, like, was it anything that kind of kept you going or maybe even a song, just anything? Um, so kind of twofold. I like my the the two quotes that I live by are live every day with intention and um, live in abundance. So have an abundance mindset. That's something that I really learned during the pandemic to just. But if you can believe that there is greater out there for you, like you're going to attract it. And I truly believe that. So having an abundance mindset, just always thinking, thinking realistically, like not being a sheer optimistic person, but thinking in abundance and then just living every day in with intention to the best of your ability. Um, and then the second part is, <laughs> so with volume two, I actually shared one of my Spotify playlists that kind of correlates to songs that I just like had on heavy rotation there's a lot of Jasmine Sullivan uh yes. Masego I think I even <laughs> had like a heartbreak hotel oh, <laughs> on <man>. there <laughs> so I'm I kind of like made like a soundtrack for volume two if you will um and those are the songs that I just had really really been listening to and I felt like they related to some of the messages in volume two so yeah music is a big part i wake up to music i go to sleep to music music is playing all day for me okay so live with intention right mm-hmm. that's the first one yes and then the second one is live have an with, abundance mindset have an abundance mindset live with intention and have an abundance mindset awesome Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really, really, really appreciate you for sitting down at the dining room table. Um, This has been a really wonderful conversation. Um, I feel like I know you better. I know you just a little bit more now, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Of course. Now, before we finish, though, y'all, let me just ask you one question. 
how do you feel about Houston being a tourist spot? Like, we done came to Houston <laughs> and just turned it up. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's interesting. I've seen that video of Kev on stage. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that video he was talking about uh-uh. Houston? Oh, uh-uh. you should watch it. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. But it's like, I don't know. It's I feel like Houston, I've lived here my whole life. Um, but that it's become this big tourist attraction. It's interesting because I feel like once you do one category of something in Houston like it's pretty much all the same like if you go to one brunch spot it's pretty much gonna be like that everywhere mm-hmm. if you go to one like you know bar or like lounge or something it's pretty much the same but I can understand why Houston is a big tourist spot because it's very affordable um it's the food is great the people are great it's very diverse and multicultural especially like in the in the city city part um and it's always something to do like you can get you can find something to do every day in Houston if you so choose to but the only reason I don't know why people are so drawn to Houston is our weather is horrible our weather is horrible like I do not like our weather at all um, and it's like the only, it's my only downfall when it comes to Houston is the weather. Hmm. And it's so funny because I did see a video when somebody was like, they don't got no beaches, so I don't know why y'all can care. <laughs> <laughs> but we are close to the water, like we have we we're close to the Gulf, kind of. But that okay. yeah, but <laughs> ain't no Houston beach, so <laughs> no, you gotta go to Galveston. Yes, because I'm like, child, we love a turkey leg hood, mm-hmm. and we love the breakfast club, mm-hmm. and so it's just like, once you go there and go to the mall, but when you go to the mall, you need a little coin, so, yeah, you know, true. but yeah, okay, well, again, thank you so much, Rachel, I really appreciate it, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, um, I know this conversation was a bit lengthy, however, it was good. And it was real. And so I thank y'all for supporting. And we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.